It's time once again for Dueling Reviews, a show where two guys sit down with one comic and see what happens. Only this week, we're doing something a little bit different. This is our first crossover show between another show and in our Major Spoilers podcast network. Uh, this week, we're crossing over with the Major Spoilers podcast. So we've got uh, hosts from both shows on Dueling Reviews this week. Hi, I'm Matthew from the Major Spoilers Podcast. And I'm Stephen from the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thanks for having us on Dueling Reviews this week. I'm hoping that this Dueling Reviews format isn't too weird for us. Nah, I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of things going on this week. Obviously, we're not doing main shows. A lot of our main shows are taking the week off. But uh, there was one thing that happened this week that we thought we ought to comment on. Because if we wait too long, it'll be Christmas, and then the Christmas episode will be out, and then it'll be too late. So uh, we thought, and after... that of course was the season finale of the Blacklist. Oh, featuring I don't. James Sp- no, oh. no, I don't know what that is. Anyway, okay. uh, I am of course talking about uh, the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special that aired on Saturday worldwide, uh, simulcast uh, multiple times. Well, simulcast uh, live on uh, BBC America and BBC. So a lot of people got to watch it in the early afternoon or early morning, yes. depending on where you were, and um, uh, other people got it on the replay. I watched it. On Sunday, after it went up on iTunes, because we don't have BBC America on our cable provider. I watched it both times. We watched it with uh, no commercial interruptions in the first broadcast. Oh, really? Cool. And then again at six, so my watch, my wife could watch it with us. Cool. Well, I watched Which it without the... because I got to see it twice. Yeah, I got to watch it without commercial interruption. And so... I've now seen it four times since it aired. And Excellent. What is it? In, in about 48 hours. So what that gives I you about that once every 12 hours you've been watching it. I am a nerd. So this story tells us what happened to the now ninth doctor. Uh, See, well, I, and, 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 th- and this is where we get into it because is, is using the name. Does that mean that that is the doctor? So right after McGann bit it, and we saw that in, um, Night, of the, Night of the Doctor, which was a YouTube uh, BBC mini episode that was amazing and told you what really happened was. to McGann and uh, his uh, great adventures. We step right into the John Hurt Doctor, who is, we're going to say, the ninth Doctor for all, all purposes. Uh, I'm going to call him 8.5. Okay, you can do that. But he was around for a long time. I mean, he was around for, what, 300 years fighting this uh, Dalek uh, uh, Time Lord space time war. war yes. Why is it called a Time War? Because it took place, apparently, throughout space and time. Ah, so in the past, all, the future. All time, basically, ah, okay. was at war. Yeah, because we've never really seen the time war, right? I mean, this is they, it. We yep. get to see the last day, the day Gallifrey uh, falls. That's what we get to References see. References to the time war go all the way back to Christopher Eccleston's first season in 2005. Yes, but we, I, I know that because he's talking about it being over and what he did with it and et cetera. But we've mm-hmm. never actually seen... The Time War. This is true. And so um, here we get to see um, uh, the John Hurt Ninth Doctor, if you want to call him that. Eighth, eight and a half, eight and a half, uh, is deciding to pull the ultimate gambit. He figures that if he's going to do this and end the Time War for all time, he's going to have to destroy Gallifrey and the Daleks at the same time. And he's going to do it with the ultimate doomsday device, which is sentient. The moment. Yes, the moment. Um, And he almost pushes the button, except that the moment this um, doomsday device, like I said, is sentient and pops out of nowhere and starts interacting with the doctor's mind and talking to him and essentially turns this into it's a wonderful life kind of story. 
but instead of going backwards, it, it, instead it's of going, going to be a wonderful life. <laughs> yeah, instead of going backwards and saying, "Hey, look at all these things that you did in the past," the uh, entity which um, uh, adapts itself in the guise of Billy Piper, Rose Tyler, Tyler, um, says, "Well, this is I've searched your mind, and this is one of your past selves or your future self. I can't remember," which is kind of interesting right. in itself. And yeah. uh, then she opens up a time vortex in which. Uh, John Hurt Doctor, uh, Matt Smith, and David Tennant Doctor, 10 and 11, uh, all pop into existence or all start interacting with one another and trying to deal with this this time war thing. The beautiful moment comes when 8.5 leaps out of the time vortex and sees them standing there. He says, I'm looking for the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 10 is like, well, you certainly come to the right place. Yes. I, I, you know, I've got to say, and this, I don't know, I, I really like the episode, but there were times that this really, really, really felt like the ultimate universe of the three doctors, where you've got the old it, crusty doctor, you've got mm-hmm. the karate chopping doctor, and you've got the mm-hmm. bitchy doctor in between. This actually, and I'm almost certain that there was intentional parallels drawn and references to the three doctors, which... Well, yes, and also the five doctors at, at the end of the bit. Yeah. The three doctors, though, was the only time that we actually got a, a team-up of all the extant doctors at a given particular area. It's the right. only one that doesn't have an asterisk on it, because it had Hartnell, it had Troughton, and it had Pertwee, all three of whom are now deceased, which makes me sad, but... I kind of liked the fact that 10 and 11 got into that kind of rivalry like 2 and 3 had, and one would pop up and be mean and crotchety and tell them to knock it off. Well, and that's what the, I liked about John, John Hurt's character, not knowing what comes next, not knowing mm-hmm. his own future, is suddenly, and who's been through all this stuff and is now the warrior, is really mm-hmm. kind of plays it very straight. Hey, man, I'm not here to F around. Yes. I'm here to yes. take care of this problem now. Show me to the doctor. Oh, it's it's Sand Shoes and uh, what's he call it? Uh, Sand Shoes and Grandpa was what the 11th called. Dark. Oh, well. Chinny. Well. Um, you and Chinny over there. Well, Chinny, but he also said something about uh, the bow tie. Um, head oh, dicky. yes. Head you dicky. With, you with your dicky bow and dicky your bow, sand Dicky bow, that's it. Dicky bow and Sand Shoes. <laughs> which you know was really great but i loved the interactions between the doctors right which and that i think you know john hurt as that and this is fascinating to me john hurt has never been a part of doctor who's backstory before this particular thing right he has made one appearance in a cameo i after seeing this i'm like yes that is totally a doctor that is yeah, an yeah. official doctor i have no compunctions about saying not only is that an official doctor that's a pretty awesomely official doctor yes and i really really like his portrayal of the character he he is we're gonna have to call him number nine right because isn't matt smith the 11th doctor well i mean in in, in most conventional thinkings because there's Paul, a moment Paul McGann is number eight right uh, which would have originally when they started the series they were counting and BBC, again, does not give us this. BBC doesn't necessarily say in the show, this is what happened. But yes, they've always referred to Christopher Eccleston as the ninth doctor. So mm-hmm. a doctor in between eight and nine. 
it, I, it, he would officially be the ninth, which would push yes uh, Matt Smith to 12. to twelve. Which is interesting because they did call it out at the end of the episode. Now, again, listeners, if you don't know what the Major Spoilers podcast is, if you don't know what Dueling Reviews is, we spoil the hell out of everything. Because mm-hmm. at the end, when they're pulling Ooh. off their grand scheme, the one guy is like, "Oh, great, three doctors. That's all I need." And they're like, "No, it's it's 12. And then they say, "No, We've it's been thirteen. This all of our life, yes, and yes." And then you the get a doctor. cut shot, a, a, a quick uh, close up of Capaldi. Uh, Reading uh, well, his eyes, it. anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so three seconds of Capaldi's eyes, all thirteen of the Doctor's incarnations. Yes, and which I found fascinating. I mean, really, really fascinating. Well, um, think about because this. then thirteen they, is the natural resurrection or regeneration limit. So they have now set this up to where Capaldi's doctor is officially the last regeneration. Well, and we have to deal with that question sooner. And here's, than and here's the thing, the moment entity, uh, we'll just call her Rose. Yes. Uh, Rose is trying to really make the doctor think about if he pushes this button, and I'm talking about John Hurt doctor. If he right. pushes this button and destroys Gallifrey, he is going to destroy billions upon billions of lives, and he's going to have to live with that fact for the rest of his life. And he goes, oh, no, I, I've only got a few left or whatever. And then the moment says, that's going to be your punishment. You're going to live. And, and I don't know. know if that is the implication of you're going to live and become, um, you know, Eccleston and Tennant and uh, Smith. Or if that is an implication of, oh, no, you're never going to die. You will. This will be your your hell where you will constantly have to live in order to uh, atone for this um, mass genocide that you're about to com- commit. That's what went through my mind was, oh, he's going to live forever. Right. I don't know about that. But I will say this. I like the fact that throughout that whole thing. We know that he chose to do it because that happened in the past. Right. And and then, but yet, you know, you get to the point where all of this is is rolling us, the viewer, up to our understanding of what we know is going to happen. And what right. it feels, what it seems like is going to happen is 8.5 comes forward, sees himself, interacts with himself, and says, well... Think of all the lives they've saved because they're trying to make up for my big mistake. Right. And he and he and, and the Rose entity or is either the Rose. No, he he and um, um, Clara Clara have that conversation where he's like, you know, looking back at this, um, look at all the good things that they have done. And we've got this subplot of the um, what's what's the um, the race, the alien sucker race. Uh, the Zygons, the Zygons uh, trying to take over the Earth. And, um, of course they stop it. And there's some bigger implications that we can talk to talk about a little bit if you want to, but, uh, the hurt doctor is looking there and going, look at these two guys, look at what they've been able to accomplish, bringing the, the Zygons and the humans together to negotiate a peace treaty. That's wonderful. And then he says, I've made up my decision. And he knows that in his mind, in order for these great things to happen, a lot of people are going to have to have to die and he's going to have to count them or expect that one of his future selves We'll count how many children died uh, when right. Gallifrey fell. Two point four billion or something million. Two point four million. He actually asks them, and it becomes an interesting point because Smith, who has spent several hundred years in this incarnation, four hundred years, says says he doesn't remember. Yes, and, and that, at which point Tennant, the tenth Doctor, goes off on him. How could you forget that? 
how you know how could you ever walk away and forget what happened right it's an interesting moment because we're seeing the the i think my biggest complaint about the new doctor who has been the fact that the ninth doctor canonically was around for like a year Mm -hmm. and then the tenth doctor was around for like four years and his actual tenure as a doctor equated to the number of seasons he was and it Mm -hmm. bothered me that the first doctor got 450 years. Right. The ninth doctor got a year and a half. <laughs> right. So, you know, throwing all of that stuff in and having Matt Smith having him having been around and, you know, we can go back and they can do additional stories. They can put in right. retcons and right. implants and stuff we don't know about. Right. And so, that's, that's what I, I like. That. I, I do like that fact that, you know, they did they did hit home in this pieces yeah, these stories that you Americans and 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 you you Earthlings are watching on on the TV, uh, these stories of Doctor Who that you're you're putting into your own canon universe. There's so much going on when the Doctor pops out and then pops back in looking for his companions that you don't know about. And for Smith to have disappeared, you know, or to have had adventures for 400 years by the time we got to this point, mm-hmm. it says that there's a lot more to be told. Right, and that I think is the wonderful part of Doctor Who because. For seven years now, we've been told these stories with the assumption that the fans we have made right. that Paul McGann was only there regenerated, for a few weeks. Yeah, Paul McGann regenerated directly into you know uh, Christopher Eccleston, right? And then we went from there. We found out that that was wrong. We found out that there were several hundred years at least of time war fighting, right? And that John Hurt, the Hurt insert, for lack of a better word, eight point five had all of this story and all of this depth and in a way it works for me because it doesn't force us to take eight who was kind of a blank slate doctor and Mm -hmm. make him into the killer it doesn't force us to take nine who is clearly all about the guilt and the redemption from the time war neither of them were actually the ones that did this right the one that did it is a, a, a regeneration that even the doctor doesn't like to admit existed. And I like that concept. And, and I really love the, the interplay between 8.5, 10, and 11 throughout the special. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was really good. I mean, at one point, you know, they bring up Tiny Wimey, and, and, uh, <laughs> and the Hurt Doctor says, why do you guys have to talk like children? Can't you just be grown-ups? Why are you ashamed to be grownups? Yeah, exactly. But the best part is, it's it's eleven that says timey wimey, and ten throws him under a bus. He's like, I don't know where he. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I mean, there's there's really good interactions, and you can my machine that goes ding. What to do? It goes ding. (laughs) If they could have gotten Eccleston, if he would have just said yes, you know, I do want to be in this, it would have been very interesting. It would have been very. Different. Because here you would have had John Hurt, the weary warrior. You would have had mm-hmm. Eccleston, the very bitter and angry person, the mm-hmm. hope doctor, and then the doctor that's just, you know, there, uh, you know, the the the, the young one. Uh, even well, though he's my really wife old. pointed out something very interesting about Matt Smith's doctor. He has been constantly reinventing himself throughout his years in the role. Right. And and it's not just a question of, you know, his wardrobe has changed, his background, his attitude. But as he has gone through this, he started out kind of a, a second Doctor clown, and he's evolved into almost a seventh Doctor manipulator. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting to see how many different facets, Eleven, and I'm going to keep calling him Eleven until they give me a, a scheme that makes sense. 
They did. Has gone. They have given it to you. Hurt is they nine. Have not. Eccleston they is have ten. Not. They I said all but, 13 doctors no. have shown up. In your mind, no. in the way that it's written now, if, if the Time Lords were a real thing, I'm sorry, John Hurt is number nine. He is now number nine. This, argument. this is like Carl trying to tell me to go to the Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah I don't believe the Wikipedia. But more importantly. Well, you're going to believe what, what you want. You're going to believe what you want to believe, even though the TV show told you that McGann is 13. The TV show hasn't told me. They that McGann did. Is 13. They McGann did. Capaldi They did. That's what all I'm saying. They said present. all 13 doctors are present. That doesn't mean and I when have they to say, them. And when they say 13, they cut to Capaldi. You can argue with me. That's, I, I'm just telling you, that's the way it was all in the show. All 13 of him are here does not mean that they're named that. Because, and this is very important, this is a story about time travel. And this two-hour show, fascinatingly, plays with time travel in a way that even Doctor Who doesn't usually, where well, we see effect... Before cause. We saw McGann turn into John Hurt. Right, we did. But we see a Fez fly out of the time vortex in this show before we see someone throw the Fez into it. Yeah. We see the effect of that happening. We see the effect. We've seen the effect that the that the actions that John Hurt's doctor had on the doctor before we see him go back and be the cause. This is a really fascinating episode to look at in terms of the time tracks because John Hurt, you know, they they will call him the ninth if it makes you happier. The the ninth-ish doctor comes forward in time from the point where he makes his, you know, terrible decision. Right. And at that point, we've never seen anything of this doctor, anything but just vague portents of what well, may have happened. And and there's a good reason for that, too, because – and this goes to what happens when the time stream writes itself. Mm-hmm. These doctors don't ever remember having these interactions, and we've seen that time and time again. The three doctors, yes. they, they said, hey, we're not going to remember any of this. The five doctors, right. they said, we're not going to have any of this. That one the, special the with, Tennant, the, with Tennant and Davison, they don't re- they're not going to remember any of this. And so when we get to the big conclusion of this thing and they're all standing around patting each other on the back saying, hey, look what we did. They suddenly all come to this realization that, hey, wait a minute, we're not going to remember this. And as far as we know, you, the one that is the bitter one, did push that button and blew up Gallifrey. So in a sense, our timelines are righted and we are still continuing on being Regretful of the 2.4 million children that died, you know, trying to forget it for 400 years, uh, being bitter over the time war and, and that ultimate decision. And so I like, you know, I like that when we're talking about that time and the time streams writing themselves, Matt Smith mm-hmm. only has one goal in mind, which I'm hoping we will see play out in the next season is I think so. how to find Gallifrey. Well, I believe that they have said that the Christmas episode may be leading, either have or be leading to his regeneration into the Peter Capaldi. Excellent. Which brings up another point. All three of the active doctors in this episode are literally right before they regenerate. Mm -hmm. Because John Hurt's doctor, well, during the special, we see him regenerate. We see his regeneration begin, and he actually says what the first doctor said, this body's wearing a little thin. Right. The tenth doctor is here... At a point when he's traveling alone, so it's after, you know, it's in those four specials right before he regenerates Mm -hmm. in the end of time. Yeah, and he says, I don't want to go. If the 11th Doctor is regenerating at Christmas, all three of these men are at the tail end of their lives. Mm -hmm. 
But the doctor himself is about to regenerate the twelfth time, which means that the doctor is at the end of his lives. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that the last action that they did, and I think we can spoil it. Well, and 10 so and eleven. So here's here's the deal. So here's here's the deal. The Zygons have used um, Gallifreyan technology to freeze a moment of time and inject themselves into these um, paintings that are <laughs> bigger on the inside. They're, they're <laughs> Time Lord paintings. Uh, and the, a great it is a great concept. I wish one that we would have seen years ago uh, develop, and maybe it has, um, because these images are really 3D. And as you look at it, you can see around the edge of the frame because it's capturing that moment of time and preserving it. And so what the, the Zygons have done is they've inserted themselves into these pictures and that they have the ability to come out at any time in the future. And so, um, you know, there's some issue with some technology that a unit has been hiding away from the doctor and trying to prevent him from getting, and they figure out a way to get into the black vault. Um, but then they come to the realization, what if the three of us start calculating what it would take to take yes. the entire planet of Gallifrey Mm-hmm. insert it, freeze it into one of these, um, another dimension, essentially. And because the uh, Daleks completely surrounding or completely surrounding the entire planet firing nonstop, the minute that the planet disappears, the Daleks will wipe each other out or yep. b- because through the crossfire and yep. everyone will simply believe that they destroyed each other or that, that in this case, the doctor pushed the button, John Hurt pushed the button and destroyed everybody. And it's it really is beautifully handled because the three doctors show up and we, it's a sequence we've seen earlier in, in the film. They show up and they're like, attention, Gallifrey, we're the doctors and we have a plan. Now, granted, it's a terrible plan that probably right. won't work. Right. And I'm just uh, thinking out loud over here. And, and what's really cool about this, and this is what triggered me in my mind when uh, on Gallifrey, the uh, the generals and the whoever's are there plotting and looking at how they're going to get out of this problem. And suddenly on the mm-hmm. viewfinders, you see Matt Smith, you see John Hurt, and then you see um, uh, a, a tenant, tenant all there at the same time. And the first thing that triggered in my mind is, oh, we're going to see the first doctor because that's how they injected him in the five doctors. And then I thought, oh, they could do everybody this way. And they sure enough, do they do. And all of a sudden, there's 13 hologram screens all popping up in circles. Oh, I do love the yeah. round things. Um, yes. And they're all saying, hey, we've been calculating this for centuries. It's going to work. And I, I am 13 not doctors show up and say, they push, they do it. It's great. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to say that when I heard Hartnell's voice say Gallifrey command, this is the doctor. There were some manly tears. Oh yeah. It was, it was really good. And then all, all 12 of the doctors show up and he's like, Oh God, 12 well, of him. I mean, and then the one guy is like, no 13. Yeah. And so what's, I mean, what's really cool about this and it, it, when you want to talk about uh, Hartnell is the very first shot, I mean, we open with the original Doctor Who intro. Yes, his theme and then the policeman walking down yeah, the, the, by the, the street junkyard. towards the junkyard, which is where we find out that Clara is now working at the Coal Hill School that right. Susan went to in the first episode. Yeah, which was really awesome. I thought that was a great nod. I don't I know if they... see Clara's teaching credentials. <laughs> well, I want to know what substitute. she's teaching. Yeah, maybe she's maybe probably history. Uh, she, does have a, <laughs> she does have a background in... Um, Gosh, I forget what it was. Well, uh, no, it's something else because it was something she was working on while she was being a nanny for those Uh, for those two kids when they went off to the amusement planet. Maybe I don't remember what it was. Anyway, she's there. And and so that was a nice nod back to the original. Um, 
And so we do, in a sense, through some cut scenes and from some uh, Madame Tussauds wax dummies, we do get to see all 13 of the doctors, well, 12 of the doctors in this episode. And we get to see Capaldi's eyes in this episode, too, which was nice because they don't they don't reveal the costume that he's wearing. Um, and so I thought that was really kind of neat. It was nice. And it was an interesting moment. It was one of those things where they set this up as the the biggest challenge the Doctor has ever faced. Right. And they sold it. And they sold it by giving us, again, effect before cause. We don't even know what the 13th Doctor looks like, how he regenerates. But this this episode, the events of this episode were so momentous that not only do all 12 of the extant doctors show up, but the one who doesn't exist yet came back. Right, right. That, that's how you use time travel. Yep. And by the way, I think only the fourth doctor is a wax dummy. Yes, yes. Well, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> no uh, I think they all are in that, in that last final shot. Um, because none of Having those guys. Having as close to it as I can at the HD, it is very clearly uh, Christopher Eccleston. It's very clearly... Colin, or at least Colin's face. I don't know if they digitally yeah, they inserted have done heads some, on somebody else's body. They could have done some digital mumbo jumbo on that, but uh, I, I would They've find it very, had. very hard to to get through that. But otherwise, I mean, it's really cool. Now, there is one um, over at Unit. There's a scientist girl named Osgood, mm-hmm. uh, which is wasn't that the, wasn't that Clara's name? On no, the Clara was Oswin Oswald. Oh, Oswin Oswald. Okay. But the Osgood girl is constantly wearing that long Doctor Who scarf that well, that Baker would fourth, wear. The fourth Doctor did work with Unit. She yeah. may be a fangirl. Well, maybe. I mean, if she's done it uh, that long, but I think she. I would have figured she would have been a, a bigger fan of um, uh, Third Doctor, who actually the Third Doctor did work with Unit more. Yes, because he was. That's when he was, <coughs> you know, confined to Earth and couldn't fly off and do anything. Uh, the, so I thought that was interesting. The fourth Doctor's era had unit episodes. Right, right. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I know Tom Baker did a lot of that stuff. And so, um, you know, at the end of the ep- at the end of the at the end of the episode, at the end of the special, um, Matt Smith is sitting there and he's like, well, where am I going to go to next? What should I do? And th- mm-hmm. maybe he goes, I like this. Maybe I'll become a curator. And then um, and then you hear a voice behind him say, well, maybe you will. And it turns out it's- I think you shot. <laughs> And then it turns out it's Tom Baker. It's a very recognizable voice. Yes, it's an eighty-year-old Tom Baker, and And that that was amazing. Yeah, because especially the conversation, because it was very uh, lots of innuendos, but a lot of on the nose kinds of things. Where it actually gave, you know, the Doctor is supposed to give hope, and so uh, the Tom Baker character, we'll just call him the curator here, uh, basically says, "Oh no, people have misunderstood. There's not two titles to this." portrait it's not no more and it's not gallifrey falls it is gallifrey falls no more and that says hey i know something about what's going on here he also says um at some point to matt smith he goes oh you know when you regenerate or you know your future selves uh may look kindly on um something to the effect of you could you your could favorite. always come back and revisit an old face yes Just your there you old go favorite. yes With- implying that the curator may actually be the doctor himself. Yes. He seemed to know an awful lot in he that did. short exchange about what was going on. And it was one of those things where I think it was played exactly right, especially, you know, the way Tom Baker, Tom Baker can act the hell out of things. Sure. And 
maybe even overact a little bit, but the point where he was just like, it may still be out there, which means you have a lot to do. Right, right, right. And he's like, you know, this is only what I would say if I were you, or more to the point, if you were me. Mm -hmm. But I love the ending where he's like, who knows? And then walks up. There's nothing quite like a Tom Baker monologue. And as as disappointed as a little part of me is that we didn't have all of the living doctors. Yeah, I, I kind of was disappointed in that too. I understand that you can't really, you know, the the one off joke, the oh, the time differential is broken, and that's why you look like you're sixty. Right. That worked in Time Crash. I don't know that it would work for a long term adventure, and I don't feel like having because there are, you know, if you count John Hurt, there are eight living doctors. Mm-hmm. Seven of whom might be interested in being in this. Wait, are there eight? There may be nine. Well, so let's see. There is um, Tom Baker. Tom Baker. There's Davison. Yeah. There's um, Colin, Baker. Colin Baker. Then there's Sylvester. Sylvester. Then McGann, McGann. Hurt, uh, uh, Eccleston, Tennant, Eccleston. and Smith. Mm-hmm. So there's nine of them that are alive. And eight of them might be interested. I, and- man, I, are you more disappointed in Eccleston now that he decided not to come back? Or are you just like, well, you know, the story still worked without him. It would have been nice. Here's my thing about Eccleston. I understand Eccleston's thought process in that many of the times, you know, with the exception of Peter Davison, who was a very established and well-known star, a lot of times when they cast Doctor Who, they cast either an unknown guy or a character guy. Mm -hmm. Tom Baker, John Pertwee, Patrick Troughton are all character actors. And if you look at stuff they've done before this, none of it is high profile. Eccleston was a well-known and well-respected actor when he took the role, and he kind of took it, and I'm almost certain there was an element of stunt casting on the producer's part of, let's get this name in here. Not a huge name, but a big enough name that people who wouldn't necessarily watch the show might come in and go, oh, it's that guy from 28 Days Later. Right. And Eccleston, as an actor, is one of those guys who, you know, he treats his acting very seriously, and he doesn't want to go back and repeat himself and whatever. And he's an actory actor. And he's one of those guys who's like tradition, whatever, you know, if he does fiddler on the roof, he talks like uh, Mandy Patinkin for a month and a half, but I understand why he wouldn't want to come back. I am glad that but they, do you think had, that they got, they, they got the rights to use his face. Right. Well, I'm sure that they already the did vice. that. I mean, that was already a, yeah, but I'm sure he gets like 20 bucks for them using his face. <laughs> Probably a little bit more you know, than that. It, likeness rights, they have to go, Christopher, we want to use your face. Can we use this footage? And Eccleston has to go, sure, whatever, I'm from the north. But I understand why he didn't and why he wouldn't. And I, I respect that up to a point because I think the fact that he didn't led to the Hurt insert, which is such an excellent story point. And he's used so interestingly here that I can forgive him. Okay. Because I think if he'd come back, we wouldn't have had that moment. And we wouldn't have had the same elderly doctor interacting with his younger, older selves well, I don't, and telling them to knock off their crap. I, I'm, not, I'm not certain that it would have been Eccleston playing the hurt part. I'm saying that well, they probably would have in, injected Eccleston in there with more of the morose of, look what, look what you've done, old man, and really – serving as the counter to you shouldn't do this as opposed to the other two that were just like, eh, it happened and we're moving on. So let's, you know, if, if we were to say, could they have put Peter 
Colin, Paul, and Sylvester in this. I think they could. Yeah. But you have to deal with the fact that Colin and Sylvester are 70 years yeah. old. Yeah. Colin, Colin, you know, is 150 pounds heavier and has much less hair. Mm-hmm. Sylvester has a cane, doesn't get around the same way. Even Peter, you know, looks to be a 60-year-old man. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like the way they use Tom was very well played. Yes. It was very respectful of what came before. And it's also nice because Tom has never been a part of any of the official crossovers. Yeah. Four was not a part of the five doctors and anything else. You know, it's only recently that Tom has been willing to come back and, you know, do things like the, the audio plays, right, right. come back to be a part of the who convention. So Having Tom in here made sense to me because to a lot of people, Tom is the face of the doctor. Yep. Having him come in and have his bit, that I think is nice. And as much as I'd have loved to seen Peter and Colin, they did their their little thing. I don't know if you saw the five-ish doctors. Yeah, I've seen you, that one. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that one. That, the five-ish doctor special that they did on BBC with the three of them sneaking in and trying to be a part of this special. Right, right. That's that's funny. And that's that's good to me. I can deal with that. That gives me, you know, my expectation that they really do respect and love the role. But I feel like, yeah, they did the right thing. You have the cameo. You have the coat. It's like as long as I get to see the coat, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> In that um, final shot, they all get the the basically the full body appearance. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really good. I, I did like that a lot. Now, the other thing, you know, there's so much th- stuff going on here. Of course, we see Unit and we see uh, legacy characters and relatives of those legacy characters appearing yes. Um, yes. In, the, in the form of uh, Kate Stewart. Um, mm-hmm. But I also found it fascinating because I'd never really paid that much attention how much the TARDIS changes with each regeneration on the outside. not the Not just the inside, but the outside. Because you see... The last three, or you see the Hertz uh, TARDIS, and then you see mm-hmm. Smith and Tennant's TARDIS, and, and they're so, or Tardi, um, Tardises, they, they just, they don't look like the same box. Nicely, though, Hertz TARDIS looks about halfway between the classic series TARDIS <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Eccleston's TARDIS. And I'm like, that's perfect, because his character seems to be wearing part of the oh, old costume. I, I like his costume. I, I like I like Hertz costume that black or not black brown leather jacket is super cool the scarf which is long and wrapped around that's just a oh I can't wait to see people cosplaying that and what oh, would be yeah. great is if they can get some old people to cosplay that you look get, yeah. like Hurt this is this is the point where elderly fans can now come as something other than the first doctor yeah well, and, you know, fat guys like me can go and get a T-shirt and cosplay <laughs> as Colin. <coughs> uh, By the way, I love Colin. The Sixth Doctor does not get enough respect. Oh, I know. You tell us every time that every time the Doctor That's comes right. up. Colin. Um, the other thing that I found fascinating is the discussion of the uh, sonic screwdriver and how the yes. outside changes. It gets a new case, but it's the same parts and the same programming on the inside. And that's what they use to logically explain how they're able to do these uh, thousands of years of calculations in a microsecond. And the beautiful thing is that sequence plays out really well and really perfectly. And it seems like it's just a joke because they get to the point where they've managed to tell Hertz screwdriver to do this calculation. Mm -hmm. And 400 years later, subjectively, 
it's complete with Matt Smith's screwdriver, and they're ready to blow up the door, but then the door was never locked, and Clara busts in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was oh, good. That's a cool joke, and then it turns into more than just a joke. Right. It becomes the thing, and I'm like, oh, these guys are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Were there any other Easter eggs or things that we need to be aware of in this episode? Oh, tons. If tons people are going to go back and watch this again. There's a moment where Kate Stewart says, bring me the file code name. I can't remember the code name, but she's talking about the yeah, three the, doctors. Yeah, the three doctors, yeah. She, and she's like, it's in the 70s or the 80s, depending well, that on been the, the date. That would have been the five doctors, though, right? No, the three doctors. Oh, okay. But she's also referring to the fact that unit originally was set in the future, but mm-hmm. then kind of wasn't. Mm-hmm. So the question of whether the unit years happen in the 70s or the 80s is a, a oh, thing of yeah, big yeah. attention. Cool. All right. Uh, the 10th Doctor refers to having married the Queen of England mm-hmm. previous to his regeneration mm-hmm. in the past. Right. Which I thought was nice. And we, and we get to see him getting <laughs> married. We do. And it's also kind of awesome. The Zygons, yeah. of course, are a classic monster. Right. So we get a little bit of that. Um, we do open with uh, the, the Foreman Yard. We talked about the Coal Hill School. There's just, mm-hmm. there's tons of stuff. In we'll, here. we'll throw some more things out there that, that listeners. Let's see. What else do missed. I remember that you didn't? I mean, you start to see some of the that. old, you get to see some of the old TARDIS interiors. Yes. Uh, pop, pop That's up here wonderful. And there. The white things. Yeah, the, the, round, the round things. I like the round what things. What are those? I don't know. <laughs> And the yes, whole time, nice. the whole time that those two are being giddy about everything, Hurt is just there rolling his eyes like, oh, my God, you guys don't take this seriously. Oh, and the, the best moment of all, though, is at the end when Hurt finally gives in, where they're like, all right, we're going to do it. And Smith yells, Geronimo. Right, right. And Tennant yells, Alonzi. And Hurt's like, oh, for God's sake. And joins in yelling a catchphrase as they go and turn on their drugs. <laughs> you have to love. How much John Hurt puts into the role. So, that mm-hmm. so what are tons of stuff? So, what are things that are, you know, we've been talking about things that we like and things that people missed and, and these mm-hmm. kinds of things. What are some things that uh, are a setback to this, to this uh, piece? I would say, and people have actually asked me if I understand, um, if you remember the episode, The End of Time, right? When it was revealed that Rassilon and Gallifrey were trapped in a second. Mm-hmm. And Rassilon, as played by Timothy Dalton, yes. brought Gallifrey out and nearly destroyed the Earth. Right. I don't know how to explain that. I, I well, frankly don't. But they went <clears throat> back in, though, right? And that's the At the thing. end of that? I, so they're still out there. I was a little disappointed. We, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't see Timothy Dalton's character. I was really, when they, were, when they showed the, the, the battle room, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to bring back Timothy Dalton. And then they didn't. Yeah. Well, Timothy Dalton has regenerated already into Daniel Craig. Probably. So he's not around anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know. They, I'm trying to think of stuff now, and I can't just think because I was just like, Art of Suburban is awesome. I will say I did like the fact that Tennant and Smith were mocking each other about their accents. Mm-hmm. Neither of them uses their real accent. Mm-hmm. Smith was using received pronunciation, making fun of the Cockney accent that Tennant uses, but Tennant actually is Scottish. Right. Whereas when Smith talks in his normal accent, he actually has a Cockney accent very much like uh, Tennant, the Tenth Doctor's, when he calls him Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. And there's, um, in the unit, the Black Archives, Yeah. there's a list of, and pictures of all of the classic uh, companions. Right. 
And interestingly, Clara seemed to stop and pay a little bit extra attention to a picture of Susan. Right. The first doctor's granddaughter that mm-hmm. I thought was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, was- I still, you know, I, there are a couple of answers left from the, um, from that one where Gallifrey came out and tried to, what, what was the name of that one? It wasn't the end of time. The end of time. Was it the end of time? Okay. Um, the two people that were kneeling down with their faces covered, I still don't know who they were, but they were supposed to be someone related to the doctor. I was hoping maybe that would pop up. They were, they were Steed and Mrs. Peel. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I, you know, they're, you know, we have to find what happens next and I'm excited about the adventures. I, I don't know. I think the Zygons seem to be just that gateway to get us into this adventure. They never really seemed like yeah. a serious threat. The Zygons and the, the bits with the Daleks, especially right. the point where they, they blow up a Dalek and throw it into the room. Mm-hmm. That just felt like fan service. Right. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that of, we would have seen more. I, I you know, and I, I said this at the beginning, I wish we could have seen more from the time war except for the final day, but you know, that's what, you know, this piece is about I, is the final day of the time I war. I really think that they did that well, though, because when you talk about something where the entirety of the universe from both ends of time mm-hmm. are fighting and fighting and fighting and being destroyed, you can't show something like that in its entirety. No. By, by definition, anything you try and do is probably going to be disappointing. So I'm kind of glad that they kept it personalized to Gallifrey. And specifically, even when we first see it, the children and the families of Gallifrey. Mm -hmm. So that when the doctors start saying, how many children did we burn that day? We know from the beginning of the episode, we've seen the children, we've seen the families running around. We know that that's set up and that makes emotional, that has emotional heft. Right. We've seen these poor kids screaming. And the fact that the doctor actually gets to go back and do his little doctor shtick where he fixes people's lives mm-hmm. to himself mm-hmm. is is one of those things that it's so perfect that it's almost awful. Right. And I can I can definitely see where fans would be like, well, they've undone one of the most interesting parts of the backstory. But they really they have and they haven't. No, I, I think the, the uh, I think the gimmick of of the uh, you're not going to remember this adventure kind of stuff. Yeah. I think really yeah. helps keep everything in line. Although it seems, they, you know, if this were a comic book story, people would be going, "Meh, meh, what a cop out." Meh. No, it's time travel. The Legion of Superheroes has been doing it since 1958. Yeah, yeah, Get yeah. away with murder in time travel. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I guess um, bottom line for me is. I did enjoy this. Uh, I probably will sit down and watch it again. Although the thing that I'm going to watch next and maybe tonight, depending on if I get caught up, uh, mm-hmm. is, um, the, um, doctor who, um, not documentary, but the, the story about how the first episode came about and oh, how doctor an who adventure came in space and yeah, time, yeah, adventure good. in space and time. Uh, the one that That's has, uh, uh, the guy from Harry Potter playing Hartnell. Ar- Argus Filch. Yes. Playing Hartnell very well. He never quite nails Hartnell's voice. Right. But he yeah, has, has a lot of look. He to has him. excellent stuff in the look. He has the, he has the uh, body language down and he definitely has a feel. Mm-hmm. And I do, I, I have to say, I do like that. You should check it out. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I, I already got it uh, as part of my uh, download package. So, I'll be watching that and I'm looking forward to that. And I'll probably watch this at least one more time just to see if there's anything that I missed. Um, but for the most part, I think that I'm okay with this as it is. And I'm looking forward to the December 
episode. And I always like the Christmas specials uh, a lot uh, because they seem to be really great adventures. This one was, I thought, a really good adventure that um, that was was able to bring back a fan favorite doctor uh, as well as tell an interesting story. Uh, but to be honest, I'm, I'm really only giving this one, like, if we're using a major spoilers uh, rating, I'm giving this a four and a half slice of meatloaf rating on this. Uh, it was good, but it wasn't the, oh, my God, I just, you know, wet myself over the excitement of this piece. I really right. enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was perfect. I I feel like I'm satisfied with it because they had a lot of marks to hit. Mm-hmm. You're playing a multiple doctor story. You're playing a multiple doctor story where you're already working at a disadvantage because one of the doctors is, for all intents and purposes, if you can call such a thing, a retcon. Right. You're playing a story where no matter what you do, somebody's going to be mad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As the probably the world's biggest six doctor fan, I'm satisfied with, you know, the representation of the first eight. I'm satisfied with the way this story breaks down as a standalone. Mm hmm. If you just sat down in the movie theater and watched this, oh man, there's a lot of backstory, but the story holds up because it's it's a story of a man who had to do something awful. What does he do? How does he how does he justify it? And then these other characters get involved who also happen to be him. Yeah, and, and I would say and, and do I'd redeem the character. Four, and, and I mean they four do four slices of meatloaf. They they do redeem. I mean, John Hurt is redeemed at the end of it. He isn't this yes. he isn't this despised person and, that the other doctors says, want to forget, even though everybody will forget. And he says the line that I think is probably going to define his character. He's like, I won't remember it, but today, if only for this moment, I am the doctor once more. And I'm like, Yeah, you are. John Hurt. Woo-hoo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alien aliens burst out of your chest thirty <laughs> years ago, mister. You're yep. like an actor head guy. Yep. I mean, you were well you were known. like the president in V for Vendetta. Yeah. I mean, that I would say as Doctor Who specials, multi-doctor anniversary specials go, this is the least flawed of them to date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is four out of five slices of meatloaf for me. It's not a perfect story. Yeah. But it was a story that was engrossing enough that I did not start trying to unravel any threads mm-hmm. until well after my third viewing. Yeah, cool. Um, it dragged it dragged me in. It it made me cry. It made me cheer. And my kid was like, "Who's that? What's that? What's that? Yeah, yeah. Oh and that's what, and and from the dueling review standpoint, I would say this is something that you want to watch if you're a Doctor Who fan. But if you're only a casual person, and if you're someone <laughs> like Zach or Rodrigo. Uh, who don't watch the the shows and have as much background with Doctor Who as Matthew and I do, this may be something that you want to skip um, for a while. Um, because if you go into it and say, well, I want to find out what all the hoopla is about, I'm going to sit down and watch me this Doctor Who episode, you're going to be completely lost. Work your way up to it. Yeah, start, yeah. like I say, if anybody says, where do I start with Doctor Who? I say start with you know, season one of the Eccleston run rose. Yep. yep. Work your way forward. It's all available on yeah, Netflix. It's only and then seven, when you get seven, to this, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. All right, listeners, that wraps it up for this special, uh, dueling review episode. We won't have one, uh, later this week, like we normally do on new comic release day. We also will not have the major spoilers podcast or uh, critical hit or top five this week, uh, because we are celebrating the uh, fourth Thursday of the, of November. 
uh, with yep. family and friends this year. But we will have a special message uh, for everyone else. We do have a crammed in uh, Munchkin Minute that'll be coming up soon because there was some news announced that we wanted to share and not wait another extra week. So that'll be coming up uh, soon. But uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this and we don't get to talk Doctor Who as often as we we want to. Uh, I know some people would love us to have a whole show that breaks down every single episode of Doctor Who. uh, And some people who have said, oh, my God, I hope they never do a Doctor Who show. (laughs) And so uh, here's your little taste of what might be. And until next time, uh, keep reading comic books. Uh, The uh, if you want to find out what happened with if we do that, we should call it Radio Free Gallifrey. There you go. I think there's already one of those out there. Um, Well, shit. Yes. Um (laughs) Uh, but, but, but what was I going to say? Oh, if you want to find oh. out, uh, this this week also concluded IDW Publishing's uh, twelve yes. issue run on the uh, the Prisoners of Time, which featured every single one of the twelve Doctors. Uh, if you want to find out what happened to that, head over to MajorSpoilers.com and check out that review. If you want to get in on our VIP chats or you want to get in on our bonus track episodes, you can do that by signing up at Members.MajorSpoilers.com. If you want to get your Christmas shopping done early. Black Friday's coming up this week. You want to avoid the hassle, the long lines, all of that stuff. Go over to Majorspoilers.com and click on that Amazon link and shop, shop, shop away. Boom. Same price, same delivery, just a little bit comes our way and helps same us keep time, doing more of these time. great things that uh, that we enjoy creating for you for free each and every week. So uh, until next week, Matthew, I hope you have a good uh, fourth Thursday in November. And to all of our You're listeners, awesome. I hope that uh, that you do that. Uh, you can follow our adventures on Twitter. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra, and you can follow me at Major Spoilers. And until next time, take care. Mm-hmm.